Doe. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss the best basketball team on, on the planet, your Washington Wizards. It is November 11th, 2015. I'm Adam McGinnis. Happy Veterans Day out there. Special, special guest treat with us today, uh, writer for the Sports Business Daily, Mr. John Orand. Uh, John, what is up, my man? How are you? Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're taping this the night after the KD to DC uh, event that happened earlier here in the season. A lot of hype, national media, ESPN. End up being a dud. Durant gets hurt. The Wizards get smashed. Beal doesn't play. <laughs> Before we get into this team, your thoughts on last night of the Durant, just KD to DC and the whole thing uh, of Kevin Durant and what you saw last night? Hey, I, I can't. I, I, like, Durant, there's no way Durant's coming here. I love <laughs> KD to DC. There's no way he's coming. But I, I need you to talk me off the ledge. I am so pessimistic about this team right now. All I see. All I see are holes. Other than, other than uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal, who who, are, who won probably the top backcourt in, in the league. Otto Porter, there's no way that body is going to make an 82 game season. And the, the next person off the bench is, is Gary Neal. <laughs> I mean, and the, we we have like like Drew Gooden. I think was the first guy off the bench last night. I mean, I mean this is a this is an awful team. I mean, it's really not that good. If if we have if we have Beal and, and Wall playing well and making making shots like they did in the fourth quarter of a couple of games, then we're going to win. If not, we just we can't compete. Yeah, it is. It's it's fascinating how in one week's time we go from the Beal high of the game winner versus the Spurs to three games later they lose by a combined fifty nine points to uh, th- these last three games. Last night, embarrassing uh, to the Thunder. They're currently in. What's, what's, what's alarming to me is we knew that there'd be some adjustment period with this new offense that they're trying to implement, and sometimes some of these players, with I don't know how well they're fitting with Humphreys and Dudley being banged up and missing Allen Anderson, but they're right now they're 24th in the league in defense and 25th in offense. So the offense hasn't picked up, and the defense has bottomed out. Uh, it, it, maybe it is. <laughs> so they're currently at three and four. I think maybe it's a little bit too early. How much on the ledge are you here with this team? Well, it, it, it is, it's way too early. The only games that, that the, the Wizards won, Beal went nuts in the fourth quarter. In, 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 uh, well, actually, in, in at least two of those games. I'm, I'm on the ledge because I just don't see Gary Neal, Jared Dudley, Drew Gooden stepping up and being like, important role players for for a playoff team that's going to go deep into into the season i i I just don't i don't see like you know i just don't see them i see that being the weak link for the wizards for the rest of the season it's it's, once you get past wall and deal and they can't play every minute of of every game i just think that the drop off is so so intense that it's uh although sessions has been playing well but but the drop off is so intense it's it's uh i I'm speaking as a fan. I'm, I'm terrified right now. I, you know, my, my my prediction of this team is as long as Wall and Beal will stay healthy, that they're good enough. You know, especially if Wall Beal would step up in his game, and we've seen that so far, especially scoring. I think he's averaging you know 25 a game so far. He's hit some big shots and taken over that mindset of being kind of the man, especially late in the games, which the Wizards kind of needed. But they're 
And Otto, Otto has had a couple good games here and there, but he's not really a guy that's going to recreate off the dribble. He needs the help of, a, of, of others. I do think that it's been shocking how Gortat... So last night, Randy Whitman calls out Gortat, said, well, without naming him, but basically named him, said, you know, I can go get re- more rebounds in 27 minutes. Uh, <laughs> well, is, is Gortat the guy that said he was uh, calling out? Yeah, that? He yeah, he had one rebound in 27 minutes. So that's who he didn't say his name. <laughs> that's what he said. And, uh, there's already some. I think maybe Washington Post or someone already already put Randy Whitman on Gortat's head underneath the underneath the hoop, <laughs> which is a very scary Photoshop. <laughs> I don't know. Could you get one rebound? I, I think you mentioned earlier that you played some pickup ball last night. Any boards? Oh yeah, I, I get it, but I, I get I get like the long rebound that comes out that you know everybody else gets a little tired and it comes right to me. I mean that happens at least once in twenty minutes, right? Yeah, I'm I'm all old man game. Uh, Kyle gives me crap because I don't play with him enough because I'm worried about my knees. But I'm definitely all no loose balls, not taking charges, just shooting threes, barely getting back. Kind of like Drew, <laughs> kind of like Drew Gooden actually. <laughs> and then Dene did not play last night uh, again. Martel Webster is out. Alan Anderson is out. It seems that they're yes, they're like a talent, but there's some of these key pieces that on the second unit hasn't really meshed yet at all and they're kind of missing some things i think kelly Ubre, uh you know had a mace a couple shots last night but to expect a 19 year old guy to crack the rotation i think is is too much for where he's at but what have you seen out of him hey uh i haven't seen enough of him play i mean i'm, I'm hopeful but rookies aren't i mean they're they're, they're tough to uh pin your hopes on look i'm at like defcon like four out of five in terms of panicking. Where are you? Are you, are, are you still okay with these guys? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. They, they play the magic on Saturday. And I think that if they don't play well, it's, I think the defense is the stuff that's really troubling. I mean, they're just, I mean, they're giving up 37 points in the first quarter. I mean, you're just, this offense isn't, isn't at the level it wants to be yet, especially if they're not making shots. I mean, last night, I think the defense was, was okay was below average it wasn't awful because the thunder i think were making a lot of tough shots but they seem to just get whatever they wanted and where the wizards have, have, have got their success under the whitman era of turning this around is that they have made teams take shots they don't want to take and and we're not really seeing that at all and i think whitman's kind of alluding to that uh in his uh in his postgame pressers i i think of defcon level i'm 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 not freak freak out not where you're at i, I i'm concerned uh, especially with how bad they're playing. Like, like they're not. It's not like we can say like, oh, you know, they lost to the Hawks. It's competitive, or you know, they missing this player, miss a couple shots. Oh, they were hot, but no, it's like they get blown out by the Celtics. They've collapsed versus the Hawks and just get embarrassed on NBA TV. I guess it wasn't national TV because uh, ESPN hates the Wizards and John Wall for some reason. Uh, sorry, shout out to ESPN or Disney in, in general. <laughs> but we'll get to the media. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's just for the fans and Kevin Durant and everything, all the hoopla. What did you see of the Kevin Durant hoopla? I know you think that he's not going to come. I, I, I'm 50-50 on that. I think the Wiz, I, I think I'm on the record of saying Thunder 75%, Wizards 25%. I don't know where you think it's zero. <laughs> I, I, I think it's zero. But, I, I, you know, I'm a, at the risk of sounding like an old man, I like I went to my first Bullets game in like 1973. You know, like Bob McAdoo. I I love these guys. The idea that we're disrespecting a team because we want a good play. We went. We had the worst stretch of basketball through like the the mid 80s, through the 90s, through the early 2000s, 
Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to disrespect. I want Kevin Durant to come play. I, I have no problem with the fans pining for Kevin Durant to come play for the Wizards. I, I hope he does. I mean, it's, it's not like we have this grand tradition of championship basketball. It's not like all of a sudden, it's not like we have Jordan Pippen and Dennis Rodman on the court and we're just hoping for Kevin Durant. You know, it's like we have a nice squad, but boy, if Kevin Durant were on there, we could actually get beyond, you know, we could go. How about if we went to the conference finals? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? You know, it was funny sometimes. You know, over the last couple of years, when you know Washington got some success, would win a you know playoffs and got some had a fast start, and, and be like, "Oh, this is the best start since you know three decades ago." And you know, and this team still hasn't won fifty games in four, over almost four decades. And sometimes people were like, "Wow, well, that's cool. They've accomplished something." But also, it's an indictment of how bad this franchise has been. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, when, when we when we had like that the two years of Gilbert, that was like. That was the best. I, did, I think we got out of the first round once, you know, but it was still, but that was, I did, I've never seen professional basketball so exciting as I did like those two years. I was like, oh, wow. It's like, we should, we should want better. We should want more. We should want KD to come. No, we have the one, basically the franchise is like in the last three decades, it's the one year with Weber and, 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 uh, and Howard going against the Bulls, right? And then the, the Gilbert Arenas era, which was fun, but also a tragic ending from injuries and, and, and his troubles. And then the John Wall era, and that's pretty much it for like the last 35 you, no, years. No, 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 you're forgetting like uh, MJ's return. Okay, okay. Which was, that was great. I put an asterisk on, I put an asterisk on that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he sold out the arena the entire time. So, yeah, I'm going to cheer for Kevin Durant. I want him to come. I, I would love to see him in red, white, and blue. Have you seen how bad Kobe has been playing uh, this year, by chance? And what they, when people were talking about Kobe, like, oh, wow, this is like MJ in his, his, his last, when he was MJ the Wizards. And, and, and you, just when you mentioned, I always put an asterisk with the Jordan era because it's, it's hard for me to separate how Jordan was so terrible as an executive with like how he actually was an okay, was such an okay player you know and it's the same thing I have with Wes Unsold as well like yeah you know I wasn't alive when he was dominant and stuff but all I, all I know is like how terrible eight bowling kept him around running this franchise uh, very poorly which I'm sure you can attest to Remind people yeah, how the funny thing about West though is like you can't say anything about uh, bad about West to me. I love that guy. He could have been a bad uh, executive for decades before I, my, my loyalty to him would have would have, would have uh, gone thin just because he was so good. I mean, he, he was just so good. MJ, he was from Chicago. The picture went with, of him driving away with the Illinois Blazers play was one of my favorite ever because it, it just was like he never, he never, he never liked, he never even liked this team, you know. And, and he grew and he wrecked, he wrecked us for years as well. Oh, I mean, traded Rip Hamilton away, which kind of gets overlooked. The player, the bring in Stackhouse, which was a disaster, didn't work out. And then the Kwame Brown fiasco, and just just some he's bringing his boys Oakley and Leitner, and, and, and it was really bizarre. But, but but going back to my point about how Kobe and MJ, like MJ was a lot better than Kobe is right now. Like that MJ oh, team, MJ was MJ good, was right? Yeah, MJ. Like the thing about MJ was that like when, when he actually played here, he wasn't this high flyer. He he you talked about the old man game. He developed the old man game. I think he barely jumped. He just kind of like shot these, like, set shots from outside. He developed an outside shot that was, like, pretty deadly, I thought. Yeah, I think injuries derailed their chance in his first season to make the playoffs. In the second season, 
the fit with Stackhouse just didn't work out and the Kwame disaster, him just ruining Kwame. And so I love it that he struggles with Charlotte and the stories of MJ, like not even, not even living. <laughs> I, not I even, too. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and then people, I also love that DC, I think is the, the only market in America that truly does not like Michael Jordan. I love that. I think it's great. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, no, I never have any pushback uh, when I talk trash about Michael Jordan at the Wizards. There's never some fans be like, oh, no, no, those were the glory days out of him. But if you would say anything bad about Michael Jordan to just your general fan, they'd be like, what, what the hell are you talking about? It, it, well, there's a very good city paper. Plus, like, the stories of him, like, going to these clubs and, and just the way he was treating people and workers and, and not living here. And it just was, he was just not a, he's just not a nice human being into the city. And so he didn't, so not that he ruined it. Uh, he ruined the team from a franchise standpoint. Now, granted, I don't know what they, they, I don't know if it was a bad deal from a financial standpoint. I think a probably raked it in the raked in the box, right? <laughs> that arena but, uh, was, was so, sold so, out. So, what? What? Getting back to the KD thing, what? What are the odds that you're putting that at? I I think that is basically the Thunder and the Wizards. I mean, I know that people have the Nets out there, which I don't see him going to Brooklyn and Miami and the Lakers, uh, even the Knicks. And maybe I think someone even said Houston too. They might have cap room. I think, I mean, all these teams are going to, a lot of teams are going to have cap room. I just don't uh, see those big market teams actually have him winning. Now, a lot of people have been floating out the idea that he could just play next year on a one-year deal and then him and Russ be free agents in in, uh, the following year. And so that we could go through this all again, another KD to DC for one more year. <laughs> but, <laughs> which which I which I find just oh man, I think by the time John Wall is like thirty six and no good anymore. Oh, I think I think there's a couple of writers on my staff of truth about it might lose their minds if they have to go sit through this KD, the hashtag KD to DC anymore. They're just they're totally over it. And, and you know, and then I don't know if you saw Durant's comments about hey, you know, you got a team here. Uh, you know, focus on them. And I think there was some booze last night a little bit in the crowd. They were saying not as many cheers. Now, granted, he got injured and didn't play in the second half, and it didn't really matter because the Wizards still got their asses kicked. What you're, you're, Why are you so panicked about this team? You said that you're a lot. Okay, go back. You said you're a lifelong Washington fan, sports fan, so you know <laughs> you're a tortured soul, uh, especially following this basketball team for as long as you have. What makes you freak out now more than you have in the past of any other teams? Because expectations. Oh, because because I had because I had expectations. I had hope. I I felt that this was a fifty win team. I felt this was a team that um, had the uh, had the potential to sneak into the the championship series. Uh, I I think that uh, I think John Wall is one of the top white one of the top maybe three players in Washington basketball franchise history. I think he, I think he's that good. I think he needed and I think Beal has the uh, potential to to really step up in, 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 to, to the other level. And I, I think he has been doing that so far. So I had great expectations going in, into the city, uh, in, in, into the season. And then I saw like Dewan Blair step on the court. You know, and then I, saw, I, just, I, I just saw... Uh, all of a sudden, I saw all these holes, and there are no holes in our backcourt. I mean, our backcourt is good, and, and I think Sessions is an excellent backup. But uh, you know, from you know our uh, four, the four or five positions, I just you know they just haven't been playing well. I mean, Gortat's been playing pretty awful this season so far, I think, and that 
our four, I, I mean, I think you could play in the four and, and, and be as effective. I'm just not, I, I'm, I just now see us as being a 500 team and possibly sneaking into like the seventh or eighth seed. And, and I'm speaking now less as a basketball analyst and more as just a fan. I'm, I'm just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, it, it seems to me that we, the Wizards were really counting on Chris Humphreys to become a stretch four and Jared Dudley to recover from back surgery. And if those two things don't happen quickly, I don't know if the style of going small is going to be successful. You know, it's one thing to want to play fast and play small, but you got to be able to defend I mean, and shoot threes, I mean, but right? How could they, but, but, but Adam, how, Adam, how could they think that Chris Humphrey, he didn't even play in the playoffs. They didn't, they didn't even give it. Didn't he go the entire series without getting one minute? Yeah. I mean, and now all of a sudden, like Ernie thinks, like he needs a guy that's going to be the stretch four for a team that that, that should, it, at at worst, make the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. Well, I need well, to take well, a deep breath. Yeah, take a deep breath. Well, you know, funny you mentioned Blair last night. I was watching that game. He uh, shot an eight foot uh, air ball, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. I'm watching Dwight Blair <laughs> shoot eight foot. See, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> and I think he did. He foul out again. I know he had. He gets more fouls than anyone. He just is not a right fit for this team. But right now, they're really with Nene out. There really is no other big, and and they're really they're really still lacking. And I keep mentioning this. Keep harping on the same things. You know, an athletic young big to go in there and rebound and play some defense and just a backup to give you some minutes. And that is very, aside from needing a four who can shoot the three and defend, they just don't have some young legs aside from Porter, Beal, and Wall and Ubre. I mean, there's really, it's a, it's almost like they're waiting for these one year deals, which I think isolated is some good pickups. You know, I think for what they got them, I think Neil and I think Alan Anderson could be assets in a, in a big team, but. They got to figure this out quickly. Uh, I think it's too early. It's only seven games in the season. We're three and four. The NBA, a lot of teams are around 500 right now. Parity is, is is going around the league. So I think that about a month or two, I think if the defense is still poor after about a month in the season, I think there's, this is going to be really alarming. Nene isn't Nene. You know, we're, you're going to, I think that his role off the bench was going to be beneficial for the team. But then if you're not getting anything on the four, and you don't have a backup big, putting Nene back in and playing big, I don't think is going to be long-term success. So right now they're kind of caught in between this. And this defense is just so poor. I mean, last night, Drew Gooden is just kept leaving Ibaka. And I was like, "What? stop leaving Ibaka. Like, this is like one-on-one defense. Like, this is basketball. Like, hey, that dude keeps shooting wide open. Like, you should stop helping off of him. You know, it, yeah, it's just so frustrating. Wrong? What could go wrong here? <laughs> it's so it's it's so frustrating. Are you? Are you do you have any? Uh, or going back to I, for, I forget who uh, I forget who wrote this. I, I think you might have written it. We're written this uh, after like a game one or two when I was still completely high on this team. <laughs> but it was like, wow, there's nobody on the Wizards that plays above the rim. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's all these sort of like. Older, slowish, like old men guys, and and and, and it's true. There's other than Wall and Beal, there's a, a, there doesn't. It seems like every other team is more athletic than the Wizards. Yeah, that that is definitely a troubling thing. You think that that wouldn't hurt us already in the season, right? Like this should be something that should be happening. You know, in the dog days of the season in February and March, when you know the the young legs are a little bit more fresher than some of the old bodies that the Wizards have on the team. 
and I definitely see that. I, the other thing that frustrates me about the team too is like they're playing this new style, and you know the style is dribble, dribble, three pointer, open. You shoot and you get it. We have so many guys who just won't shoot this open three when they they have it, and then they'll dribble in for a better shot. Like Chris Humphreys drives me insane when he dribbles the ball. Gary Neal likes to shoot these floaters, which I'm I'm already. Uh, not liking these floaters. I know he has an okay floater, but I'm like, you had a wide open three, shoot it. Like that's the offense. And, and when you're going in and like you said, lack of athleticism and the closer you get in there, there's bigger dudes and you take a higher difficulty of shot. And usually it's a long rebound, which then, you know, gets them vulnerable on the defensive end, uh, going back the other way. But yeah, there's something that these practices over the next, uh, they play, they play magic on Saturday night. Uh, and then they play the bucks on Tuesday. So these, these practices in the next two days, man, I think old Randy Whitman's going to go a little Bob Knight, I think, on his team. <laughs> um, but, I, but, but, John, I, I, I had <laughs> the general. Uh, but, John, I had you on. Uh, there was uh, big news uh, this week uh, that you wrote a, an article uh, for your publication, kind of broke the news of the, the deal of Monumental Sports Network, the Ted the Olsen's group that owns the Caps, the Wizards, the Mystics, and the Verizon Center that they partnership up with uh, Comcast. Uh, can you just discuss and tell the people, you know, the particulars of the deal, how you came across this information, and, and just your thoughts about it? Sure thing. I, I, I'll take off my fan hat now. Yeah, yeah. My, reporter? My All right, reporter. We'll get back to the <laughs> yeah. fan hat. We'll get back to the fan hat. So, Don't worry. Uh, yeah, but by the way, this uh, – no offense, I needed you to talk me off the ledge, and you, you're, like, pushing me off the cliff, man. <laughs> this, this, this has been the least cathartic conversation I've had in a long time about the Wizards. Okay, Bradley Beal was injured last night. Uh, I think Alan Anderson's going to be a rotation player. Dudley's back will be Dudley's back will be healthy. Uh, I think I think Beal will average twenty five if he keeps averaging twenty five a game. John Wall, I still think hasn't hit John Wall level, uh, and I think the defense has to get better. So there's a lot of room for improvement, <laughs> and they play a lot of bad teams coming up too. All right. So, so anyway, the, uh, the, the the story that that, that you referenced was um, uh, the the Leontes uh, group uh, is close to renewing its TV deals with Comcast Sportsnet. That would keep the Wizards and the Capitals on Comcast Sportsnet through 2032. And the deal, if you're if you're a Wizards and Caps fan is great because it, it just ensures that a ton of money comes into the uh, into Monumental for the Wizards and the Caps because the uh, Comcast Sportsnet has agreed to uh, more than double its average annual payout to both teams. It's agreed to give uh, Leontes' co- company, Monumental Sports and Entertainment, a 33% stake in the channel which means that it's going to collect all the revenues of the channel. And these channels, regional sports networks, are some, are, are some of the most profitable parts of the Comcast and uh, Fox Sports business. Those are the two big um, regional sports network operators that are out there. And, uh, and, and so for, for Leontes, it guarantees this, this income up until 2032. So for the next you know, 17 years, he's going to be pretty much guaranteed uh, a healthy uh, uh, rights fee for the Wizards and the Capitals that's going to now enable him to, you know, within the structures of salary caps and whatnot, but it's going to enable him to really pay for and, and get the uh, get these teams operating pretty well. So is there, is there, has there terms been announced? Like, like how much money are we talking here? 
Um, so yeah, no, no actual terms have been announced uh, for, for this, but the uh, the Wizards. So the the um, the problem with the the Wizards deal is that uh, it was one of the last deals that Abe Poland signed, and it went it went for a long time. I think it was I think it was originally supposed to go into the twenty twenty one season, so twenty twenty dash twenty one season. And um, Ted was hamstrung by this because it included a big upfront payment, like these usually do, and then smaller annual uh, contracts. Well, so he's getting he's watching what the Lakers get paid, the Knicks get paid. He's watching all these uh, all these artists, uh, all, all these teams get paid a ton of money from the RSNs, and he's stuck until 2021 with a deal that was that was negotiated back, you know. When when did uh when did uh, Ted get the team from Ted? Uh, uh when yeah, did Ted get the team two, from uh, Abe? Uh, two thousand and ten. Yeah, yeah, so died in two thousand nine. He was stuck with yeah. a, a deal negotiated in two thousand ten that would run up until twenty twenty one. So he was desperate to get out from under that, and he, he had a, a little bit of a better deal with with the Caps. So the, the average annual, it's tough to actually come up with an average annual uh, dollar figure. Because there's an upfront payment uh, oh, that's okay. not counted in it, and then there's also um, the 33 percent stake that's that's considerable. But the, the numbers that that we were able to crunch, the Wizards went from you know 17 million per year to about 35 million per year, and uh, and the Capitals went from um, I think it was like uh, 13 million a year to about 28 million a year. So they, they you know a little bit more than doubled uh, both. So it. It just means that there's a, a ton more money that, that's coming in, and it, it just means that you know, if done properly, and, and Leontes is able to, Leontes is proof that, that he runs a pretty effective organization. I think if you take a look at, at the Capitals, at the way the Capitals are operated anyway, and, and the, the Wizards seem to be, but he's able to have the money to make sure that it's a first-rate organization. Yeah, no, Ted has been very, I know that over the years he has hinted a lot about how unhappy he is with this deal, with the, the current deal that he had. So I guess it is in his interest to, so he gets out of that immediately, does this deal start immediately and that other deal is void? Or that other, the six years, so he just basically gets out of that in that last six years? Uh, well, they, they, would, they agreed to end it four years early. So the, the, the Capitals deal... And um, I think it's 2018. I, I, and uh, and so the the Wizards deal is supposed to end in 2021. Uh, so they, they that's exactly what it is. The Wizards deal is supposed to end in 2021, and now it's going to start when the new Caps deal starts, and that's starting with the 2017-18 season. 2017-18 season. Now, the, to me, the interesting angle about this deal is. That you know, reading the tea leaves, uh, what we like to do here uh, online as uh, bloggers of this team and uh, journalists, and, and you kind of with Ted forming Monumental Network, having his own his own media production company. Essentially, uh, you know, I know a lot of those guys; they work hard. You know, sometimes you know when you work for the team, sometimes you're not as uh, your credibility can't be as candid uh, like other people. But th- those guys work hard, and I think that you know they're hamstrung. You know, to, for media companies that cover the team, right? It, it sometimes comes off a little propagandist at times. But then again, you're in the like—I don't know why you would not say positive things all the time when that's your 
your team that you're covering. But people thought that maybe that this that him having that network that eventually when his deal would run out that he would just eliminate Comcast and just run his channel on the cable networks. Why do you think he didn't do that? And was it just he just wanted to get out of this deal it's so bad that he didn't want to wait five years? I mean, I'm talking from the Wizards standpoint. I guess Caps and Wizards are all combined in this, but is is that why you you think or why you know? But, well, there, there, there are two reasons why why he could do that. One is that Comcast came up with the money. I mean, they they, they ended up giving it. I think Ted got a, a great deal out of this. So. They came up with the money. And number two, the, the problem with uh, Leontes' plan is that, okay, he takes the rights, and then he he takes the rights away from Comcast, and then he launches his own channel, and then he goes back to Comcast to say, hey, I, I, need, I need you to put me on. Oh. And that, that, that's not going to work. I, I mean, Comcast would... We, Remember that here in D.C. we went without the the Nationals for um, how many seasons? I think it was like a season and a half because the Comcast was like, no, you took the, <laughs> you know, we, we want them um, with Masson. So they uh, that that would have been a really tough negotiation, and Leontes would have had almost no leverage with it because honestly, I love the Wiz, you love the Wiz, people love the Caps. They're they're not the Redskins in, in this town. I mean, so it, 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 it'd be tough to convince people to trade out a cable to get satellite or. or it'd be, I don't see a lot of uh, Washingtonians carrying pitchforks demanding contact carry. You know, monumental because because they're missing some Wizards games. And so I I think that that, that all of that combined made made that Leontes decide. Let's just go ahead. Plus, it's easy. Frankly, if I were advising Leontes, it's a lot easier to accept that money, to have Comcast pay you that money, give them the rights, than it is to actually create your own channel and have to produce all the games and having to, you know, pay people to do that. It's, I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's, you know... It's a lot of work, right? Time-consuming, <laughs> and it costs a lot of money, and it costs a lot... Uh, it, it's a lot of work, but it especially costs a lot of money if you're not guaranteed carriage by the biggest cable operator in, in the uh, in, in the market. So I, I think that, you know, it was an effective stalking horse that he was using, but I, I would have I would have been absolutely shocked if he had ended up doing anything with, uh, with Monumental on these rights. So basically, he could do all the resources, you know, control his rights, have these two sports teams, and then when go back to, to Comcast and negotiations, they could just be like, sorry, or, or lessen their deal. So him putting all the resources and money and investment into doing this, it's a lot easier than just to get this, uh, this money from Comcast and just have them do all the legwork and you just sign the deal and there's no risk. There's no, <laughs> it's kind of a smart, seems like a smart savvy business deal for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the, 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 the you're going to basically tell Comcast, we're taking these rights away, and then you're going to turn around and say, like, oh, by the way, we need to, you to pay for this channel that we're using to compete with yours. And, 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 and I mean, if they took away the Capitals and, and Wizards rights, that would be the end of Comcast Mid-Atlantic, right? Just about. I mean, I guess they have the DC United over there, but, the, you know, they don't have baseball, basketball, or hockey. You know, so I'm putting you out of business, and then I'm now asking you to pay me enough to, um, to make this work. I, Comcast, Comcast is a big company. They would have been like, no. 
And, and then the ratings, the ratings for these two teams. I mean, what are they compared to the rest of the league? I mean, how, I know that they're very fluid, but you're some. I know that you follow this kind of stuff closely. Yeah, it, it depends on whether they do do well or not. I, I think, uh, gen- generally speaking, uh, ratings in DC have been mid-table. I mean, they're, they're not in the, in the top five, and they're not, they're not in the, the the bottom five. They're they're generally you know uh, mid. And um, you know, I, I, I do think that um, I think I, you know the the Capitals I think are, are doing great. They have recognizable stars, you know, like uh, like Alex Ovechkin. I think that the Wizards. Uh, I mean, we all know who John Wall is. I, I'm not. I, I think that, that he's on the precipice of being a, a crossover star that that's going to uh, end up bringing a lot of people to, to watch in terms of you know more more than just like casual basketball fan. And what about this? To me, the two other questions that come to mind is like, what is the future of his monumental sports network? Because to me, it felt like that was kind of like, oh, I'm because a lot of teams don't do what he's doing with that network and. I know he has two teams and Verizon Center, so it's a little different. They can kind of expand more than just like covering one specific sports team. So there's multiple avenues. But is there a future for that? Because it seemed like that was just laying the groundwork for this possible leverage against them to form his own network. But now, basically, it sounds like that. Obviously, this is not going to happen for 2031. So where's the future of that thing? Is it just going to be kind of just like an in-house extra thing? Or does that get dissolved into Comcast sports or is there any, um, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't checked. I haven't checked in on that. It, it almost certainly will not get dissolved into Comcast sports. Okay. Uh, I, I have a feeling that, uh, Leonsis really likes having monumental network. It's a, it's a, a place for him to, you know, help market his teams, help market his building. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get some concert footage on there and you get some uh, shoulder programming with, uh, you know some of the players on the Wizards and the Capitals, so I I think that, that he does quite like having that around. Um, but without live game rights, I, it'll be tough for that uh, for, for my mental network to grow. But that doesn't mean to me that doesn't mean that he's going to shutter it. I think I think that it, it'll still continue on giving shorter programming and maybe even operate as a you know second screen to um, to, to the live game telecast where you you call it up and, and get live updated statistics or, or who knows what. Yeah, I, I complained about Media Day this year at, that it was basically kind of just like Monumental Sports' network's Media Day. And we were, journalists were just there to like, because it was like every station was all about, they had kids interviewing and the interview with every player and, and all these different stations. They're basically all around something to do with Monumental Sports Network. And, and then, oh, by the way, hey, media guys, I know this is called Media Day, but hey, do you want to interview some people over here in the corner after a while? I don't know. It's, it's funny how that has devolved into that, but that's just my personal uh, gripe. And so, Ted, if you're listening, you know, uh, more love to uh, us, us bloggers because I know you I know you love to blog at Ted's Take. But how about this? So, to me, the other, my final question about this is, what is this deal like compared to other teams? Are other teams doing this, you know, from other sports, or what is the environment of these type of deals? Are, are, are teams using the leverage of, like, hey, we're just going to do our own channel, but kind of bluffing where they're not going to to try to get a more sweetened deal like equity? I mean, you're getting 33% equity into the channel. How, how does that all work, and what is that compared to the landscape of professional sports and TV deals? Well, one of the things that Comcast does, because Comcast has, they have channels on, on both coasts. So uh, they have, you know, SNY in New York. They have uh, uh, one in Boston, one in Philly, one in D.C. Then they're all up and down the West Coast. 
too. That they have like San Francisco, Sacramento, and 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 San Francisco, Philadelphia, Boston. They they've actually, and in Chicago, the teams do own equity stakes in in the um, in the RSNs because there was a big craze a couple of years ago where the teams decided we just want to cut out the middleman. We'll deal directly with the cable operator and we'll launch our own thing. Why should we allow Comcast to make all this money off of our rights? Let's just do our own thing. And the way that Comcast fought back was to, by giving them the equity in the state in, in the channels. So Leonsis, you know, he, he has he has a media background. He's a he, uh, he I think he is one of the um, certainly among NBA owners. He, he has one of the best media minds that that are out there. He saw all this happening. But he was hamstrung because his Wizards deal went until 2021, so he can't launch his own thing until 2021 when he finally gets the Wizards rights back. So he, he always wanted to do something, wanted, always wanted to look to do something, and he was, uh, just wanted to buy his time, and when the time was right, he wanted to work a deal with Comcast where he, to, where he, got, um, to, where he got equity. And the other thing about the Monumental Network is, you know, he also had that launch so that you know, if that type of service really took off and people really watched uh, that, that, that type, uh, would be watching games that way, you know, in, in say 2020, in four years, um, then he's sitting pretty. But uh, but but now he's really decided he's just going to go with television and, and own, own part of it. And now he's fully invested in television. He owns part of the, the TV channel. From a, from a journalistic uh, ethics or credibility standpoint, what is it like when the team actually owns part of the channel that actually covers them? How, how does that, have you seen anything like editorial or what kind of conflict of interest or can arise in something like that? Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I think there's, I think there are a million conflicts of interest uh, <laughs> with it, but I watch Comcast Sportsnet all, all the time. I've, they're hard. They're hardly tough on. You know the the not not necessarily easy on the on the style of play. Yeah, Tony Massenberg was uh, particularly funny last night. I thought. I mean, I thought thought he was pretty harsh on those guys. But you know, they're not over. They're not doing exposés on the local teams. You know, they're they're just sort of like, you know, talking about these teams as almost the way we were, almost as, as fans. You know, I mean. I, am I tough on the Wizards because I I made fun of Dwan Blair? Probably probably not. You know, but uh, the, the the Washington Post they they have an army of reporters that would go in and and do good in depth stories on Leonsis Leonsis's company and on the teams. I I don't expect Comcast Sportsnet to be like that. I don't expect uh, WRC to be like that either, for that matter. I mean, I think that's that's something that you know good, strong, independent newspapers in a market or, or, or the, um, the uh, journalistic outlets that would really make that happen. So that's a long way of saying, yeah, I, I, see, I do see a million of conflicts there, but I see, I see those conflicts on, on these channels, whether they, own, whether they actually own a, a stake in them or not, the teams own a stake in them or not. I see what you're saying. Since they're, since they're, if they don't have a stake, they're kind of these channels that cover the team, they're they're critical, but not over critical. They're not, like you said, not doing in-depth exposés to, you know, go into what's happening. But they're also not, you know, rah 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 all the time, right? I, I feel like they have a good middle ground sometimes. I mean, obviously, you when you have these personal relationships, you're covering these people all the time. You tend to be 
you know, more pro them. Like you want them to succeed, but you're also, you know, this is your job. You don't, it doesn't matter if they win or lose, obviously in the big picture, it's better if they win because there's more success, more attention. And usually that is good for you individually. Uh, plus, you know, it's more fun, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, it's like the NFL Network. You know, everybody on the NFL Network had harsh things to say about Greg Hardy. You know, I mean, that's probably not an NFL talking point, you know, and, and, and it definitely wasn't positive, and it definitely held the league in, in somewhat of a bad light. But, you know, they're really talking about on field issues, or they're taking shots. They're taking, I mean, I, I, they're taking shots at, you know, at, at players. I, I, I just, you know, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, I think they could take shots at the coaches and they, they could take shots at, at uh, GMs and, you know, on, on rare occasions, I think they take shots at owners as well. But I, I think those big in-depth stories that, that you're talking about, like I wouldn't expect to see them on legal networks or on uh, regional sports networks at all. I actually like NFL Network and MLB Network more than ESPN, <laughs> which which I which I shouldn't, you know. I should be like, you know, like these leagues are not, you know, on paper. But as a fan, when you you look at it, I I, don't, I never feel like they're holding back. Where sometimes I feel like the ESPN talking heads are just drowning me with opinions that are just frivolous. <laughs> uh, so so how how would you so, and, and, and yeah, there are just so many of them too yeah oh god and then you know Stephen A. Smith can threaten Kevin Durant still be on and, and it's it's un, it's unreal uh, my my how should what should fans get out of this deal what you know what what is it for them I mean we've gone you know people get there's only nerds like me and you and other people get into these numbers and find it interesting find little nuggets of interest but as your general fan of a wizards or actually you're probably dedicated if you're listening to me blab for 50 minutes right now uh what what should they get out of this like what's the overall storyline of this for them as a fan experience of this team all right so the two things that the fans should get out of it one is they're guaranteed to 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 watch the wizards and the capitals in the same manner that they've grown accustomed to watching it for the next 17 years. All Wizards and Capitals games are going to be available on TV, on Comcast Sportsnet, just like they they, they, they have been for the past, you know, how long, two decades or, or, or more. That's number one. Number two is uh, the team owner is going to now get a lot more money. And so do you have trust in this team owner to be able to invest that money and spend that money in a way to make the teams better? I mean, I, I, I think that most, uh, most Wizards and Capitals fans would. And so I think that they would, uh, you know, they, they will be happy to see that, they ha- that, that, they, um, uh, that the teams are getting this added money and, and hopefully would make them more competitive. So, so basically, when the Wizards are one player away from a, a NBA title here in the next few years with John Wall, and they can maybe go over the salary cap and, and pay some penalties <laughs> with this new yeah. <laughs> the luxury tax wouldn't that be great? Oh, I, oh, I know he does not want to ever go over the luxury tax. That's one of my quals. But he's never. There's never been. A, I haven't never had a good argument for him. I've never. He's always said that he's not going to, and I know he's not going to. But I've never had a good argument for him. To, to do it right like so i'm just talking about it in in general i want him to go over don't you want someone to spend as much money right like i don't care it's not my money but 
But also, if Ted Leonsis loses a billion dollars a year, I couldn't care less. I want a competitive team out there. That's all. I want a parade, man. You, you know, you, you, you were alive. Uh, did you, were, how long have you been a Bulls fan? You said your whole life, right? Do you remember the title? The championship season? Yeah, I, I, I did not go to the parade, but I do remember the title. See, I want a parade in this town. Uh, hell, I even want one for DC United. Uh, and, and you know, Ted, if there's one extra player away, uh, I don't really care about Monumental's bottom line and uh, the the the, <laughs> the dividend options Wait, so you're, on your board. You're a DC native, right? Uh, I grew up in the Midwest, but I've been here for about 13 years. So, so you haven't you 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 haven't seen a a, a victory parade? Unbelievable! No, unbelievable! It, not even that. I know I make this joke all the time. I was like, why did I move to Boston? You know, I moved to DC, and not only you know. They have all these titles. Chicago's got all these titles. I mean, even sports they don't even care about in Boston, it seems like they have titles. And we can't even get a team, one team, into the, the conference finals, into the final four. I mean, we're not even sniffing the, the final four. Un- it's unbelievable. Boston, Boston's <laughs> won, they've won titles in, in football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. And, like, I mean, we, Washington, uh, I, it's, it's unbelievable. And, 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 and I think that's it. I thought the, I thought the, the Wizards this year were going to be – Breakthrough and maybe, maybe possibly play for a conference title. And uh, and now, I, I, from what I've seen so far, it's like, oh gosh. Yeah, I mean, even DC United uh, went to their playoff game the other day. It was a dud. Uh, the Caps, we know about the Caps. Uh, you know, postseason failures. I know to get into that. And you know, the Washington Nationals that I have season tickets to uh, have constantly disappointed me in this in this <laughs> in this last few years of their potential run. So, yeah, no, it's it is it is struggling. That, that... of course, I you know I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, the 2002 Terps. That I, I can, I can <laughs> is that it? Is that can is that DC take Maryland? <laughs> I, you know, I was actually uh, I went to a college park that night to a bar to watch the game. <laughs> Just to see what it was like, and then they had, and it was nuts. They were, I mean, the game itself wasn't that great. I think it was Jared Jeffries actually. The game was it. completely boring, but I yeah. loved every second of it. It was great, and I was inside a bar. I think it was Bentley's in College Park, and they had riot people outside. The riot cops lined up outside because they had rioted, uh, or some subways window got broke on the on the Saturday, the Final Four victory. Um, so they had helicopters. They're ready and. I stayed inside because everyone rushed outside, and you could see on the local TV like the fraternity row had started to fire, <laughs> and everyone's celebrating all over. And I, like, I, I dodged like pepper spray on the way out. That was my experience. But uh, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be the Terps would be the, the last real little title in this area. I guess Georgetown Final Four maybe. Is that it? <laughs> all right, you're depressing me. Wait, what was Georgetown in the Final Four? Jeff Green. They went that one year. 2000 with Hibbert well, and Jeff Green. Right. They got killed, right? Uh, George yeah. Mason. I guess George Mason Final Four, too. But... No, if you're a Maryland guy, you, you can't like... If you're a Maryland guy, you can't like Georgetown one bit. So, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't follow him. Well, let's let's, let's uh, go into that topic. The Terps, number one, ranked. Would, would uh, you get excited for this team? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean... But you know what? I was excited for the Wizards, too. All, all it's going to take is see them play a couple of games and be like, oh, no, I see the hole. <laughs> I'm not a pessimistic fan, either. I, I, I'm usually optimistic. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, think, I think it's going to be a fun season. That, that phenom center, Diamond Stone, you know, gets three fouls early all the time. And you're... <laughs> <laughs> you're, and you're on the oh, ledge. Sorry, we, we all have faith in uh, Milo Tremble. Yes, I. You know he. You know he reminds me a lot of Gilbert Arenas when I watch him play. 
He does. Just how quick he is and his range and just his, his ability to get to the hoop. I mean, they're obviously, you know, a little different players. Yeah, but... What I like about him is he, he just, he's just unfazed, you know? I mean, he'll turn the ball over and you you, you won't see his face facial demeanor change at all. Like, the, 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 the you know, end of the game, when it, when it's pressure-packed, he just, he doesn't, he, he controls the ball and it's, it's facial expression. He's just unfazed. I mean, it was unbelievable that he was a freshman. Yeah, no, he was, he was a pretty amazing season. It's unfortunate that he, he got hurt at the end. Sorry to bring up a bad topic. Uh, when, when I got you here, I, I want to ask you some, uh, some media TV questions. What are your thoughts of Grantland? Uh, that's been a discussion over the last couple of years. I think you had had some private discussions about Grantland uh, in the past. Uh, what did you think about how they shuttered their operation and, and your just your overall thoughts about, about that? It, it's kind of... I mean, I understand in a seemed to me being like some personality thing between an executive at ESPN and Bill Simmons and with a lot of his employees and staff kind of caught in the middle. And I thought that was kind of unfortunate, but it was also bizarre to see them just shutter it. ESPN shutter it so quickly and so publicly. They usually don't do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think the death knell for, for Grant Grantland happened when, you know, uh, uh, Jim Miller, who I like and respect quite a bit, uh, wrote two pieces within a week of each other uh, on Vanity Fair, just about some of the inner t- turmoil at Grantland after after um, Bill Simmons left. And so, from the ESPN executives' point of view, Grantland is so insignificant to their bottom line. I mean, they make they. they I think you can probably probably come up with a hundred things that make more money for ESPN than Grantland, you know, and, and probably even more than that. And, but all of a sudden they're getting killed in the press for their handling of like this website. And so I, 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 I think that at some point the uh, executive said, you know, it was great when we had it and it was working well and we were benefiting from it, but now it's just more trouble than it's worth. We, they, they still, they, uh, ESPN executives feel that they still have, with outside the lines, with ESPN.com, with uh, you know a, a lot of they still have Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists working for them, and I, I I think they just decided forget forget about it. We're just going to cut it because it's just taking up too much of our time. That said, I do think that they were completely shocked at the reaction of of. Uh, people i mean the, the, the amount of eulogies written for grant <laughs> yeah the uh, thing pieces uh, god they blew so... me away I, I enjoyed it but <laughs> I, I i was i was shocked at how many people and how many different sites i mean entertainment uh, sites and sports sites and vanity fair again i mean everybody's like writing eulogies to it so i think that caught them off guard i think that they were caught off guard with regards to, uh, with regards to grantland at almost every single step yeah, I thought it was unfortunate because, you know, I'm always a fan of journalism and not that I was liked everything they wrote. I always like when people get paid right, to do journalism. And I think that they had some creative reign. Was it, did it just, I mean, I guess you discussed the bottom line, but about Simmons' departure and now his, his thing to, to HBO and then him, his staff members. And that was Vanity Fair article. I think the ones you're talking about kind of reference all this stuff that they were still this infighting that was going public. And that's why they pulled the plug. What happened with Simmons in going to HBO and how do you think he's going to, going to fare there? Oh, I, I, I have, uh, I have a huge amount of respect for Bill Simmons. I think that he, 
he has been incredibly effective in, in, in uh, first of all, he's a, uh, I think he's a, a really good writer. I mean, there's a headline, right? Uh, but he's been completely effective at building this, this base of fans. Like he's able to speak to him. Like I have a, you know, I have a friend from uh, Vermont who, uh, you know, so grew up in New England and every time Simmons writes about, uh, interactions between with his, that he has with his dad over Boston sports, like he evokes something with uh, with him. And I went to Gonzaga, so I'm a Jesuit educated kid. So when when he talks about uh, Holy Cross, it evokes something with me. You know, there's sort of like the Jesuit, you know, high, uh, college up there. Um, there's um, I, he he just when he writes, I, I mean, when he writes about basketball, he knows. You know, he, he knows as much about basketball as you do, and I, and I think you know more than, than anybody I know. Um, so it, 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 he, he's, he is incredibly effective in doing that. I have little doubt that with HBO, he's going to be able to tap into that and figure out and launch something that is going to be, you know, if not wildly popular uh, in terms of ratings, it's going to be something that, that is going to be critically uh, critically popular. So what is going to happen to the 30 on 30s? Because I feel like it, that's kind of been lost in this discussion. Because I think even though you're right in the bottom line, you know, Bill Grantland and 30 on 30 probably is not that big a deal to ESPN. But 30 on 30 was really cool and really neat. And it was a really positive thing that you could show people. You know, like, oh, that's, you know, on these different topics. And I thought, is that going away? And, and I feel like that's a loss for ESPN. Yeah, I don't think that's going away. I, Bill Simmons it, it was instrumental in the creation of 30 for 30. So I, I don't want to diminish anything that he did with it. But he also built it up in a different way than he built Grantland up. He, so, so there's a whole team that works on 30 for 30, and they're not going anywhere. They're so not they're, going anywhere. They're, 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 uh, uh, as far as I know, there, there could be <laughs> there could be an email going around now, but um, uh, by and large, they're going to stick around and they're going to continue to produce thirty for thirty. So that they're going to miss probably Simmons's um, creative spark, but uh, but it'll still be there. It'll still be there. In he- fact, I, I I keep pitching. I keep, uh, Connor Shell is the executive that, that works on on it, and every time I see him, I, I ask him. Why has he not done his Gilbert Arenas 30 for 30? <laughs> that would be the best 30 for 30. The rise and fall of Gilbert Arenas. I, I, I've actually, I've, I've mapped it out for him. Well, especially with Karan Butler releasing that story in his book and all that, 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 that the attention that that generated. And part of me, I tried to stay away from that attention, but covering the team, you got to talk about it, you know? But then I'm just like, let's talk about the season. I'm really jacked on the season. I don't want to go back into that negative thing, well, I mean, the traumatic the experience. Ending, there's the whole ending that is, that, that, that's crazy. But the, but I, really, when he was when he was making those half-court shots with time expiring, you know, uh, and he was, he was shooting them like jump shots, it was exciting. I mean, I haven't seen excitement like that around the Wizards in decades. I mean, it was We are finally good. It was, it was great to see. Oh, it was so much fun. I, I think there's a whole legion of, of Wizards fans that grew up in the era that that's, that, that's what the Wizards are to them, <laughs> right? I mean, now it's John Wall, but I it remember is... remember there was like that. There was one MLK. I forget who they were playing. Yes, I was there, there actually. The team on MLK Day. <laughs> the Jazz, actually. I was there. 
and, and wasn't that what, when he shot, he was like probably like five or six feet beyond the three-point line. And then he t- just shot it and turned around and started walking. <laughs> yes, it, <laughs> it was, was the best. I, it was it was it was amazing. It, it was actually him and Mehmet Okor went went on a, a battle at the end of the game, back and forth these crazy shots, and Gilbert hit the last one. And then he had another one against the Bucks where he did something similar, put his hands up in the air. You know, the sixty-point game. He went out west. Things were cooking. And then, you know, Gerald Wallace, man, FU, uh, the knee injury and things just never really were ever really the same again. But but you're right. When the hibachi was cooking from not even just what was going on on the court, it, you know, him blogging, him him showing his his personality side, of his human side that I don't think people had really – he was one of the first, I think, NBA athletes at, in a while with, with the online to show that to people and the way that he would – you know, I still have an autographed shoe that he sent me, <laughs> and, and, and all you had to he just auto, he spent all night autographing shoes and jerseys because he liked fans. I, I always thought that was really neat, really neat. Uh, do, 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 what, yeah, is, and, and so that's 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 all part of my pitch is that he owned this town. He was like the most popular athlete in this this town, and that includes any Redskin. That includes Ovi. He, uh, when he when he was popular here, he was number one by far, and uh, and, and it's it just the whole like rise and fall. You know, what I mean, because <laughs> then when he left, it was you know. Oh. Actually, I, I, I'm not sure if he's a pariah. I think DC. I think DC fans still like him, but uh, they recognize that he couldn't couldn't stay. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely. It's funny with him being very outspoken, uh, obviously on Instagram, weird, but when the wizard talking trash about the Raptors and the Bulls, and like fans are like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like, fans are like, and he's just all about John Wall being awesome, and I think fans, you know, got those whole feelings like, yeah, Gilbert's on our side again, but there is still, uh, that are kind of still bitter at him, but I think he's a vocal minority uh, at times. But for the most part, most fans, they have warm, fuzzy feelings about Gilbert Arenas. I mean, it's what made them like the team <laughs> for a lot yeah. of, for a lot of people, for, for a younger generation. What did you, um, uh, what do you got going on on your side? What are you covering? Beats, anything you want to plug or pump, uh, before we end this? No, man, I'm, uh, I, 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 I'm plugging away at Sports Business Journal, media reporter there. So it's just, uh, you know trying to break stories and right there uh, Twitter feed I guess or in underscore SDJ but um, but uh, always happy I will always come on and talk talk about this, the Wiz and the, the, the great thing is that when I talk about the Wiz I'm such a fan that if we beat the Magic on Saturday <laughs> then I'll, I'll be my glass will be half full but right, right now it's half empty and I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, completely pessimistic <laughs> so so you're just gonna keep jumping off that ledge over and over I'll, i'm gonna have to check back in uh with you then i guess in a month or two and see see where you're at huh <laughs> right, yeah i'll yeah, be can, a- can, can wall and be okay with us is, is, is the one thing it's down to those two because they, they don't have a lot of actually you know what I, i've been pleasantly surprised with porter but i i just i think that body in an 82 game season is going to be broken in half yeah, I've been impressed about how well he's, he's his shot looks and how confident he is uh, out there. You know, that's that's really been a different mindset. And, and Beal too. I mean, both those guys. I mean, I know Paul Pierce gets a lot of credit sometimes, fair sometimes I think too much. But I mean, they're just kind of different players. I mean, they're just maturing, and growing into themselves. So that's impressive. It's just the rest of this team. They got to figure out a way, and they got to find something. And and 
I mean, do you know how bad it was last night? Was uh, at, at one point, I was like, oh god, I missed Seraphin. <laughs> it got that bad. I was like, oh god. Well, we had Kevin Seraphin to bang around. <laughs> Chaos life experiences. God, you are. God, it is bad. You're already having Kevin Seraphin patrols. It's, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving yet. You're having Kevin Seraphin patrols. Oh, jeez. Kevin Seraphin would get the. Every time Kevin Seraphin would get the ball, I would, I would yell at my son. I'd be like, he's not going to pass. Watch. He's not going to pass. <laughs> yeah, I think online we called him Cerebot, is what we came up with. Because he. <laughs> the robot he had, you know, he had the one move, the hook shot. The turnaround, but yeah, I, I, I like Ke- I like Kevin personally, but you know, and actually, they probably could use him honestly. <laughs> if I wanted to be, if I wanted to, to to fairly assess this current situation, I'd rather have him than Blair for sure. You know, and if Nene's hurt, I mean, he's a big guy that can score. You know, get some rebounds. I mean, I think it's just the Kevin, yeah, <laughs> the Kevin Seraphin experience that. uh that we've had, and I think he's been banged up for the Knicks. I don't think he, I think he's playing finally a little bit, but I haven't seen much out of him yet. But yeah, he could have an opportunity there. He can definitely score. Uh, but I actually did not watch a Knicks game. Did did, did he get some uh, playing time? Uh, he didn't play actually against the Wizards. But yeah. I think he I think I saw the other day that he he, uh, he played, and I think the New York media is having some fun. And fans, the Knicks fans are, are are getting some chaos life about how he how he does it. Oh, he doesn't pass I, I very well. I can guarantee you this: when when uh, the Knicks play the the Wizards and he plays, he's gone for like thirty and, and fourteen. I mean, I, I, I just know that's going to happen. All right. Well, what's funny is that the his last game, he kind of kept the Wizards in that Hawks game, Game Six. Kevin Gortat was sick, and Seraphin had a hell of a game, and that's how he ends his okay, his Wizards career. Right. He ends his Wizards career on having a hell of a game in, a, in an elimination game for the Wizards, while while the sixty five million dollars center is, is has food poisoning uh yeah it's it's it's, it's a funny it's a funny ride that, that chaos life let me tell you but john i've already wasted enough of your time man thanks for coming on i really appreciate it and i stay off the ledge dude hey come on i you, you gotta work on your positivity man i i, I needed some help and uh i'm still on the ledge <laughs> well uh i was unsuccessful at that but uh that is uh, you know, John Oran at the Sports Business Daily. Thanks so much, John. Uh, you know, game on for the fans out there. Game on uh, Saturday night and a game on against uh, Magic at home, and then the Bucks on Tuesday. I'll be at the Bucks game, and hopefully, we can, I can get Mr. Kyle Weedai to, to respond to me. So, Kyle, what's up? I know you listen to all this. Uh, we can we can talk about this mess because he will actually have some numbers to back up uh, why why John is on the ledge. Uh, all right, peace out. Go Wiz. <laughs>